I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. All right. Let's try this again, Kate. Hello. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. And this is Kate. Ah, so we're happy to be here with you today. Yeah, let's, I we, left. We started recording earlier and had to stop. So yeah, Mike had some strange histamine reaction. Welcome to our world. So strange. Um, my eyes and Mike mouth started just, to like burn up. It was the weirdest. Mike is the itchiest. <laughs> I am like Mike oh. itchy Watts something thank you i just want to say thank you to everyone who's been sending prayers sending love sending thoughts do you want to talk about a little bit about what you're doing now just from all the recommendations um i guess so i don't know you don't have to but no i i think i reached there was someone that will reached out who is an icu nurse uh, and she told me that her daughter went through something you talked like this. about this oh i did when she was 13, I talked to her about us in person. I'm pretty sure you talked about um, it on the anyway, podcast. So week. there has been, yeah. So there's been a lot of recommendations that people have come in with like the seeing the medical medium, Anthony William and who we've known about, um, for a couple of years. I've had a couple of readings with him. You've had a couple of readings. Kate's mom's had him on her show a bunch of times, et cetera. So I was doing celery juice actually every single day for a long time before. And then this like hit full-blown craziness a few months ago and i stopped because ironically I was, just, I was just like out of, i was so yeah no messed up yeah so i just restarted celery juice and i'm just going through his liver rescue program or liver rescue thing that's nine days long and just really looking at from a diet perspective is one thing but then also just from a mindset perspective etc so it's given me good to kind of clean and clear things up and for somebody that used to drink a lot back in the day i really put a tax tax you on my you, liver yeah. for a long time so i think it'd be good and so i'm just going through his protocol that he has for everything and then uh yeah and yeah. i'm taking these dead it's like sea salt baths from dead something dead sea or something the dead know. sea the dead sea and i just take these baths i've been doing it i was once a day and now i've been doing it twice a day for the past couple of days which actually feels really good so last night was the first night i did not sleep with a towel directly on my head in under your head under my head in probably two months which felt amazing because then you just sleeping with a towel underneath your head is not good because i had so much oozing that was coming out and then also uh dry skin just everywhere so i put it underneath the sheet so it's like covering the pillow just in case anything happened you know last night but such a process what a journey it's gross <laughs> yeah so. but i would say like based off our past couple of weeks like just yeah as kate said just to reiterate is like thank you so much like the amount of people that have reached out and sending love and there's more people in our life that are also going through we have friends of ours now that you know an ambulance had to show up at their house today and there's something happening within the family and I just like, there's a lot happening. And so just, I'm just sending lots of love to everybody here and everybody around the world. Thank you for sending it to me. And I'm just like really sending it back out to everyone out there because there's a lot of things happening in this planet right now. And I think at this time, especially on the holidays, we can just 
really take a couple of moments in each day and just kind of radiate love out to the the people the people the humans of the world because we're sharing our experience and here on our podcast of what we're going through but there's other things that people are going through as well every single day so it's just such a great reminder you know i think sometimes i see the memes on social media you know to be kind because you never know what somebody's going through and especially when mike was like deep deep in it i thought about that quote a lot because from the outside and i actually cried giving the toast at thanksgiving we hosted 13 people. It was a really beautiful day last week. And I said, you know, I don't remember exactly what I said, but the truth is You're like honoring our land. In well, Maine. that, but I, I'm gonna, not there yet. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying like, though we may seem like we have things together, there are days when we're just barely making it through the day. And I think about if that's the case with me, that's obviously the case with every human being on the planet because Mike and I aren't special. And so it's just a great reminder to to give people grace. Now, that doesn't mean you can be an asshole. That doesn't mean that you, you know, you let people walk all over you. But I like to just consider in my heart that everyone's going through something and just to remember that. And then I also did share on Thanksgiving that Thanksgiving is really revisionist histories made up by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War to sort of boost morale in the United States. And it's false. There was not this peaceful coming together to celebrate the harvest between the indigenous people of our country and the colonizers, the pilgrims. That is false. And it's really important to understand that we have many of us have grown up with false history and to actually learn the truth of what at least my ancestors did to the people who came, who lived on this land when they got here. Nobody discovered America. There were people here already. And so I talked about that and I just honored the Abenaki people who are the people who are here before us in the state of Maine. And it made me really sad. So that's also, I, I cried because I always cry I cried because of the true history of this country. And I cried also because I was just so grateful to be surrounded by friends and family who've been supporting us during this really difficult time. Mm -hmm. Glennon Doyle, I think I said this last time, but she said that she cries and she gets angry because she's paying attention. And I feel like that's why I cry too, because I'm paying attention. I cry all the time. So on that note, speaking of paying attention, um, oh, you want to say something else? Yes. Showtime's doc series, Shut Up and Dribble. Speaking of paying attention, I just finished watching it today. It's a three-part doc series. It's about LeBron James, Michael Jordan. It's the NBA and sticking up for black players' rights, making change inside the organization. It's phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. Even if you're not like a sports fan, I highly recommend watching it. It's cool to watch what the NBA has done over the last decade, if not even longer, because players have been sticking up for their rights much longer versus what the NFL has done by trying to silence like Colin Kaepernick and around the national anthem and et cetera. And Shut Up and Dribble came from Laura Ingram, who's a Fox News correspondent who told Kevin Durant and LeBron James to 
don't involve politics, but just show up and dribble. Don't get involved in politics ah. and just show up and dribble as a saying. And so they built a doc series around it basically to say, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And that's a nice way of me saying what. And so they basically created the series about activism and activity and how you can um, when Trayvon Martin was killed, the LeBron was just like, I have, cause I don't like as a, like, so of course I'm not going to think like this because I'm a white dude. Right. So when he heard Trayvon Martin was killed, it was a black boy in a hoodie walking down the street. And all he thought about was his sons, you know? And then every, all the basketball players were just talking about how there were the ones that were on this. were talking about how they were black teenagers at one point walking down the street and with a hoodie and I wear a hoodie almost every day. Right. And I never, it's never crossed my mind. It's something to be concerned about, but they talked about how what LeBron James, he changed his focus to not just like, it's really amped up his, I got to do something about this because I have a platform to stick and for what I'm doing. So anyway, since we're on that, I think it's a, and even if you don't have Showtime, just download, you can get the app for one month, Showtime go, it's like 15 bucks. You just download it, watch the series, and then you can just cancel it after uh, you don't have to sign up for a long-term contract or something. Anyway, so I just thought I'd add that in there. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So today we're talking about cell phones. We're talking about our relationship with our phones. We're headed into the holiday season. Actually, we're smack dab in the middle of the holiday season. It can feel frantic. I already am sort of feeling the... I don't know about everybody else listening, but I get this like anxious feeling at the end of the year sometimes of actually, I'll just not say sometimes I get anxious at Mm -hmm. the end of the year feeling like, oh my God, time's running out. Or did I do the things I wanted to do? Did I take enough? It's gotten less and less. I think part of that is because my vitamin D levels are way better than they used to be. If anybody struggles with anxiety, especially seasonal uh, or or depression, seasonal affective disorder around this time of the year, I used to struggle with anxiety tremendously. I actually used to be on anxiety meds. And at sunset between like basically Halloween and mid-January, so the darkest months of the year, I would get panicky. Like if I was out and about, I would just start to feel this panicked feeling as I watched the sky get darker. So that's neither here nor there, all to say when I increased my vitamin D levels, that went away. So that was a PSA Hmm. about get your vitamin D levels checked. They should be 50 nanograms per milliliter or higher blood serum levels. So just because your doctor tells you you're normal does not necessarily mean your levels are optimal. You want to be in the optimal range. Everyone is sick, so you don't want to be normal because normal people are sick. You want to be healthy and optimal. So anyway, that was vitamin D. But this time of year can be intense because there's a lot to do. It's the end of the year in business. There's this feeling, did I, you know, did I hit my goals? Am I on track? How are we kicking off 2019? Holidays, family stuff, it's a lot. And so I can find myself sort of wanting to not feel the uncomfortable feelings and instead zone out on my phone. And just in general, when I am either tired or have an uncomfortable feeling, I can feel myself wanting to reach for my phone or when I'm bored or when I'm having writer's block and I can't figure out what I want to say or for the next sentence or I get to a sticky point in what I'm trying to explain, I'll just like reach for my phone. 
And recently, the iPhone updated their operating system software, whatever it's called. And now there is the screen time app or screen time mm-hmm. thingy in settings. settings. Yep. And so once a week, you'll get your update on your screen time. And you can actually look at how much time you spend on different apps and different categories, social media versus productivity apps, whatever. And I did some research and I found out that the average American, now, of course, this varies by age range and demographic, but the average American across the board spends four hours a day, an average of four hours a day on their phone. So if you think about how much four hours a day is, that's actually 28 hours a week. What's your average time? It's not four hours. I don't know. My phone's upstairs. I left it upstairs on purpose. Well, have you looked at it? Haven't looked at it recently. No. I think today, though, I looked and at noon, I had already spent like maybe an hour and 20 minutes on my phone. Yep. But the average American spends four hours a day. And I think that I probably come close to that. I'm at four. I'm at, in the last seven days, I'm at four hours and 16 minutes. Four. So Mike's a little above average. Which is like. You're also like watching more content on I your have, phone and yeah. you're having way more downtime. I have more downtime. So I have more YouTube. sick and that, you're in yeah. bed. So I don't know that this is like a good, but that's a good indicator no, but of Instagram where you are right now. Instagram is number one at five hours and 15 minutes. For the last week? Uh-huh. In the holiday season, I don't know. Like, I would say my phone habits don't necessarily change the holiday season versus the rest of the time. There is definitely times where I use it to check out. And what I've been trying to do is, like, just not beat myself up about it. And then there's times where I know I'm on it too much. And that's not good, right? Because it's not, it's not separate from our life anymore. And I think that's one thing to get very clear is with our, our cell phones and, and to really accept it is that a cell phone is an extension of ourselves now. It's part of who we are in the world and how we operate. It's how we communicate to each other. It's what we're watching. It's what we're doing. It's where we're visiting, websites we can do. Like, it's like our right arm, you know, and away. And the more I've looked at it as an extension of myself to use, because we use it for business, we use it for communication tools. I think it's just, it's, it's better or it's being gentler with us about it. Because a lot of times the stuff you hear is like, oh my gosh, four hours a day and how horrible we, we should feel about it. A lot of shame is built into it. And instead of looking at technology as being shameful, because you and I are on our, our computers or tech a lot, like far more. We I, run I, an I, online company yeah. and, and everything's virtual. So, No, yeah. I have a buddy that lives down the street and I'll text him at like seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning or whatever. And I won't hear from him until five. And it's not that he has like 200 messages. He just doesn't live on his phone like we do. He's not on any social media, yeah. which I love. I yeah. mean, it's not my reality, but it's like i think it's just it's refreshing to see all the different ways that yes. we can interact you know th- for me though i will say it's not that i am shaming myself about it but like i know for me i have a tendency to use my phone to check out so i don't have any problem with texting Got my it. girlfriends yeah. like i think that's a great use of my phone i have no problem with you know calling my sister or talking on the phone with friends. I think that's all great. You know, I will say like using Instagram has helped me learn so much about the world and about other people that has been super positive. Mm-hmm. And also to grow our business and grow our platform. No, but I think that is, uh, it's it, that for me too is the same way education. 
right so around it's incredibly the world. positive in certain ways but i can feel the difference and the difference is one feels good in my body and and helps yeah. my emotions sort of lift up and one starts to make me feel sucked down and like drains my energy so one is not necessarily energizing but like i just feel connected and and filled up versus drained and so for me i know you and i have like we have a couple of boundaries around our phones some of them are shared and some of them are not but but it's just something i'm mindful of to know that like in particular i remember one time we were driving in the car and i was on my phone and that's a bad habit of mine is like when we're in the car and i feel like it's quote unquote in between time i'm driving not when we, yeah when mike is driving i'm not on my phone when i'm driving is that Mike said to me sometime this was years ago now, but it still sticks with me. He said, I feel like I have to compete with your phone for your attention. And oh God, what a punch in the gut. And the reason it was a punch in the gut is because I knew it was true. And there are other relationships in my life where I have been on the opposite side of that, occasionally with you, but but not as much, where I feel like I have to compete with a phone for somebody's attention. And I have to tell you, it's a terrible feeling and anybody who's been on that other side talking to somebody while they're texting or having somebody checking their phone while you're having a conversation or even just while you're hanging out it's kind of gutting and it, it basically it's sending the message that whoever's here on technology these random strangers on the internet perhaps or this other person I'm texting is actually more important than you that is the message that it sends. And I don't want anybody in my life to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so there are some bounds, especially you and the girls. Ruby, is that funny? Um, so there are some boundaries that I have. One of them is that I don't ever bring the phone to the bedroom. And you and I both do that. I think mm-hmm. we're, we plug the phone in downstairs and then we go up to bed without a phone. So that at night, if we're talking, which we rarely are because we're so tired, but let's pretend we, we actually had a little conversation last night that we're actually together instead of staring at our phones together. Ruby. So anyway, we were just talking about our phone boundaries. And I said, one of ours is we don't bring our phones into the bedroom. That feels really good to like leave it downstairs and not go to bed right after scrolling or wake up and start, you know, reading the news or looking at my newsfeed or seeing texts or whatever. So that's one of my boundaries. Another one of our boundaries is not having the phones at at the table during family meals. I think that one's pretty obvious, but it is pretty shocking. Remember when we were on our honeymoon? Where'd we go? Uh, The Maldives. Maldives. In the Maldives, which is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And it's really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And there were all these tables where the couples were playing games on their phones or just scrolling their phones and not talking to each other. It made me very sad. Which isn't our, we didn't want that experience. So yeah, it's fine that they're having that experience. It just made me sad because whatever, maybe they wanted to do that. And maybe that's their version of an awesome honeymoon. But for me, my version of an awesome honeymoon was spending time with Mike, which we did, which was really great. And then trying to think of what it might some of my other boundaries are i don't know but around your phone mm -hmm. oh but anyway so something that i'm doing i decided to have any boundaries besides what you just said like i I wouldn't call them boundaries i'd just be like i don't want the phone in the bedroom that's the same thing as a boundary 
right no i just i would just be like well it's i mean it's it's if i use it if we have to use it for an alarm clock when we're traveling but for the most part yeah. it's just healthier and it's better like yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think that you know you've probably heard about the blue light and how it affects our brains and affects our circadian rhythms and you sleep you don't sleep well if you've been exposed to blue light right before bed which is like from the tv from your computer from the phone i don't notice it to be an issue if i watch a show on the tv before bed so that's i don't know that's there's not, well it's different but because it's like a different it's also the scale so the size of, like if we're, you're doing a lot of videos on your phone it's actually better to watch on an ipad or a bigger screen because when your eyes are so focused in on this tiny screen it does you feel worse mm -hmm. and if you were to watch it on tv before going to bed you're farther away you know there's other light that's there as well it's like and but it is it's i've actually done somewhat studies on this for myself that were not real studies i just happened to notice like yeah i experimented if i because i used to wake up a lot and watch a show or something like in the morning and if I watch it on my computer, I feel much different than if I watch it on my phone first thing in the morning, something like that. And so I feel far worse if I watch something on my phone than if I were to watch it on my computer, just I've because also, of the bigger surface. I've also noticed with Penelope, she doesn't have an iPad, so she really hasn't had the experience of like being able to manipulate. Yeah, we don't really use an iPad in the house anyway. Phone. I don't even know where our iPad is. It's in but, the garage. Um, so we use it for the, like, oh, for the workouts. workouts. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so she doesn't use an iPad. She can watch one show a day after her nap, which is like 20 minutes. And it's interesting when I have let her watch the show on my phone instead, she is so upset when I tell her it's done versus when it's on the TV. So there's this thing that happens when she's holding it in her mm -hmm. hand and it's on that small scale that's very different than when it's on the TV because our TV is in the basement and after the show is over, she just turns off the TV and she comes upstairs by herself and now she's tall enough to turn out the light in the basement too. So it's like awesome. Mm -hmm. But, and she just will never, even though the shoot show would keep looping and she could keep watching, she never does. She just turns it off and comes upstairs versus on the phone. She's like, I want to watch another one. Let me watch it again. And I have to monitor it. So I pretty much never let her watch it on the phone unless we're on an airplane. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just interesting. I don't know the data behind it, but it's interesting to notice. And, 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 you know, for you listening, I just think it's really important, just like a meditation practice, just like being in a marriage is a practice just like you know being healthy is a lifelong journey i think being in relationship with our phones and technology just like mike said this is part of our lives and while i'm sure that i will take periods of time of a complete break in general like it's an everyday thing and so the question then is what's the right relationship for you to technology and the only way to answer that is to be more conscious of how you're using it and when and how you feel about it so that's why I'm doing something called Less Phone, More Life, which is seven days. It's super simple. I have my own boundaries that I'll be using with my phone for this seven-day period. And for anyone who wants to join me, they can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash less phone, and you can use the boundaries that I came up with that you'll get via email, or you can come up with your own and just practice for seven days. So that's it. There's no offer so or upsell or whatever. It's just, I was going to do this anyway, because I thought I like, as you know, I like a program. Mm -hmm. I like boundaries. I like a set of rules. And for me, if I'm noticing that my phone use is veering towards addictive, 
for me just saying, oh, well, I want to be on my phone less, that can help, but I do way better if there are specific rules. Like, okay, I'm going to plug in my phone and turn it on airplane mode at 8 p.m. I'm going to wait for an hour after I wake up in the morning before I take my phone out of the charger and take it off airplane mode. I am going to, you know, limit my time on social apps to 30 minutes a day. I don't, I'm just making some of these things up, but like I do much better with that to fit within a framework. And then I can experiment with what works versus just saying like, I'm going to be on my phone less because I don't really know what that looks like. Right. Yeah. And so what is the, like, what do you want to do? I guess what's the result of doing the seven day? For me, I find a, I have a lot of writing I need to do right now for upcoming deliverables. And the less I'm on my phone, the better I write at least during those chunks of working hours. And with two kids, I don't have that. It's not like I can just like let my projects stretch into infinity. You know, there's pumping, there's Ruby. She needs to be fed when she's home. Penelope needs snacks. There's dinners, you know, whatever. There's just like stuff to pick up. And so I need to be focused when I'm have the time to get something done. So I actually get it done within the amount of time I have. And I'm pretty good at working fast, so it's not a huge issue, but I find that if I'm working and then I respond to a text and then I'm working and then I decide to post something on Instagram and then I'm working and then I get a notification from our project management software, every single time I get distracted, I get completely out of my flow and my work suffers and and then projects take longer than they need to. And so number one is just from a productivity standpoint, I am not under the illusion that being more productive makes me more worthy, but there are certain things that just need to get done before the end of the year. So I'm kind of walking that line between, you know, understanding that productivity is not the holy grail while at the same time, understanding that I live in the world and we have a company to run and there are things that need to get done. And then also I feel more calm when my phone isn't a distraction, especially when I'm with our kids. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, I can feel myself, especially because things have been tough lately, I can feel myself really wanting to check out. Like the morning time, mornings are, are tough right now for me. And I can feel myself if the phone is within my vision and I'm feeling tired or stressed out trying to get everything going in the morning with everyone getting fed and getting the girls out and getting myself showered and all that stuff. I can tend to check out, like I use it as my numbing tool. And I just don't think it's the greatest numbing tool. Like if I wanna replenish myself, looking at my phone is not gonna do it. Like what I really need is to go sit by myself for five minutes and breathe Mm -hmm. or go take a walk around the block. So for me, it's building a deeper connection to myself building a deeper connection to my work and building a deeper connection to you and the girls and the other people in my life. Cool. Yeah. Any further questions? I don't think so. No, that's pretty cool. That's pretty straightforward. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just curious, you know, for you listening, what's your relationship like with your phone? Do you use it to numb or is it simply a tool for you? For me, I walk the line between numbing and using it as a tool and I want it to be more in the using it as a tool category. So for the seven day period, I'm just gonna practice a new set of boundaries to get a little bit more back in the, my phone is a tool. And, and where do people uh, go for this? KateNorthup.com forward slash less phone. Great. Yeah. 
that's it anything else you want to say honey no i mean i've as i said earlier it's just getting comfortable with technology over time right it's like going to continually evolve so what is our relationship with it right because it's not a it's not a human being it's a not yet at least it's a tool that can be used for productivity make our life better in many ways etc but then it also can be used to check out so it could be a vice Mm -hmm. so like what is the relationship that we would like to create with it and i think this is a great little seven day jump start to really create that relationship with it if it's something that you haven't done previously yeah so i hope you join me and uh thanks for listening to the crazy episode yeah what an what a, it's <laughs> been a crazy day yes and it's almost bedtime yep <laughs> and then we can start it over tomorrow but bedtime's coming <laughs> thanks for listening bye ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you mike and i want to share our top five tools for making a life not just a living to learn what they are go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools see you on the next episode